Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, we are in week three of our series that we titled Visioneering. Visioneering. And it's really a, a series around uh, engineering our lives around a God-sized vision. A lot of people come to God and they're like, God, I got this big vision and you want God to get on board with you. When he's got a vision that, that has to do with eternal things and uh, if he doesn't want to be put in your box, he's like, I already have a playbook. I already am doing some things. Why don't you partner with me in what I'm doing and you're gonna see supernatural blessing in your lives. And it's good to have vision uh, having, having vision for your, your finances or for you people that run businesses and organization, it's good to have vision for that. But if you just have earthly vision, you're only gonna get earthly results. But when you get a heavenly vision, a godly vision, you're gonna begin to bring the kingdom of heaven to on earth and on earth as it shall be done as it is in heaven. So it's really important in our lives that we don't just like set some good goals and write some things out in your declarations and your smart goals and your 30-day challenge to shred and all this kind of stuff. All that stuff's good, okay? All that stuff's great. But there's something more important, and that's really getting a godly vision. And as we talked about last week, you'll know that it's a godly vision when it's actually for others. If it's a godly vision, it's not just about you. It's actually for others, that God could entrust you with something from his heart that would not just be for your world, but it would bless the world, right? If God answered all of my prayers last year, would my world have changed or the world? <laughs> and for a lot of us, we can get kind of narrow focused, and I get it. Life is a battlefield, right? I mean, there's a lot going on, there's a lot coming at you. But you know, regret looks back, worry looks around, but vision looks up. And that's the thing, when it comes to godly vision, you gotta keep looking up. If you're constantly looking back, at last year and past pain and regrets and things you didn't do that you said you were gonna do, you're never going to move forward in life, okay? If all you're doing is reliving past regrets, worries looking around. If all you're doing is looking around at the world as it's losing its mind, you will lose yours, okay? So if all you're doing is looking around and, and, the, the, and I'm not saying don't be informed what's going on in the world. Yes, it's good to be informed. But how many know there's a difference to being formed and then just sitting there scrolling on Instagram, being filled with fear and frustration is the stuff that you see, right? If all you're doing is looking around, you could have the propensity to make fear-based choices that are based on emotions, not based on faith. When you have godly vision, it keeps you from making foolish, emotional decisions because it doesn't line up with the vision. When people feel uh, kind of weighed down in life or lethargic or just like, man, I'm just, you know, I can barely get one foot in front of the other, I wanna encourage you to spend time with God, capture his heart, focus on things that are important to him, which by the way, his thoughts are different than your thoughts. <laughs> I don't know if you found that, but my ways are not necessarily his ways. I wish, I wish his ways were my ways, you know? But the focus in getting godly vision is aligning yourselves to him. And that's the beauty of prayer and fasting is when we fast, we're disconnecting with the world. When we pray, we're reconnecting with God. 
So we fast, we disconnect from the world, and we pray, we engage with God. And when we dedicate the first part of our year, it's a recalibration. For any of you gun people, you understand that it's important to recalibrate your weapon, right, so that you're going to hit the mark. And this year, we want to hit the mark. You know, it says in Proverbs that uh, those without vision will perish. Proverbs 29, 18, without vision, you're going to perish. But how many know the opposite is true? With vision, you're going to flourish. And we're praying that God's going to give you a flourishing year, that no matter what's going on in the world around you, your soul is flourishing. Your soul is prospering. No matter what's going around you, your mind, you're still flourishing and you're prospering in your thoughts, in your actions, in your, in your heart before the Lord. You would still be flourishing. And so we have um, a passion to see people flourish in this house, and you'll flourish when you have a godly vision. And Hebrews 10.38 says this, says, my righteous ones will live from faith. The writer of Hebrews is actually quoting the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk out of Habakkuk 2.4, and he's, he's, he's quoting this, and many believe it's Paul. Paul quoted him three times. He quoted him in um, he quoted him in Acts, or excuse me, Romans, Galatians, and then in Hebrews. And he says, the righteous ones will live by faith, but if fear holds them back, my soul won't be content with them. And then he goes on to say in verse 39, but we are certainly not those who are held back by fear and perish, authentic church. We are not those that are held back by fear and make decisions that are fear-based. No, we are among those who have faith and experience true life. You know, the world can get dark. And there in, in, in Newsflash, if you read the book, the whole book of the Bible, it's going to get worse, okay? It's not like suddenly it's going to flip on the dime and then everything's going to be great, okay? It could very well get worse. Jesus said, don't worry about all this stuff. He said, that stuff's going to happen. But he said in John 14, verse 1, he said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. What's he saying? Keep your focus on the things of God. Keep your focus on the overcoming power of Jesus Christ. Keep your focus on the things of God. Get a godly vision in your life. That way when the world loses its mind, you're gonna keep yours and you're still gonna be prospering and blessed. As your soul prospers, your life prospers. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm gonna deliver today what I believe to be the prophetic word of the Lord over our church, okay? And I don't say that lightly, by the way. Um, as we've talked about the last few weeks, there's the gift of prophecy, the spirit of prophecy, the office of a prophet, okay? A prophetic word is simply a word from God pertaining to things to come. Now, it's interesting to note that you can read the Bible, these scriptures that are thousands of years old, and it can be a rhema word for you. A rhema, there's the logos word, that's the written word of God, and then there's the rhema word of God, which is the spoken word of God. That's where it becomes a word to you. The prophetic word that I'm about to share with you today is based on the scripture, the holy scriptures, the word of God. And, I'm, I, and as I share this today, I'm sharing it for our house, for this church. And if you're planted in this church, this is a word for you as well. I, I, I titled this message, The Prophetic Partnership. The Prophetic Partnership. A lot of people read the Bible and they don't do anything that it says. <laughs> a lot of people receive a word from God, but they don't actually walk it out. And spiritual maturity is seen in your ability to, to steward a word of God past Sunday, past Wednesday, past 2022. Fawn and I right now 
are walking out things that God spoke over us 20 years ago. We're walking it out right now. Some things that I'm watching my kids do were things that I prayed and prophesied over them when they were in the womb. They're walking it out right now, 16, 14 years later. There, 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 there is a word that God has for you. And if you're planted in this house, good news is this is a word for your house as well. But I'm, I, I'm also cognizant of the fact that any given Sunday, there's three groups of people that are, three types of people that are here. There's what I would call a member. That's, that's an all-in, you're part of the family of God here at Authentic Church. You got my back and I got yours. My shield is yours and you're saying, Pastor Jeff, my shield is yours as well. Uh, people that don't just show up physically, but you, you show up spiritually. You're part of the family of God. You're saying, I'm gonna serve and I'm gonna give in my time, talents, my resources. This is where you tithe to. This is where you serve. This is where you have relationship. This is protection and blessing. You're part of the, the family of Authentic Church. And the second type of person that's here is a guest. You're a visitor with us. Uh, you might go to another church, but you happen to pop in with us today. Um, or uh, you may just be passing through because Orange County is so beautiful and you wanted to get out of the snow and cold and rain or wherever it is you're from to the glory land of the, the southern coast of California. And so you might be a guest here today and we welcome you and we're glad that you're here. And then there's the third group. And I'm gonna say this with love to the third group, okay? The third group is those that I would say you're on the fray. You're, you're kind of like not sure about this church or any church or me or whatever else, and you're just kind of like, mentally, you might have your arms crossed today, and that's totally cool, all right? I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Jesus loves me. It, you know, it, it won't hurt my feelings, even if you disagree with something I say today, okay? Which I think is actually a good thing, okay? It's good to challenge and not just take my word for it. Go to the Holy Scriptures today and you search things out yourself. But that group, that third group is on the fray and, and you're just not planted yet. You're not planted in any house, let alone this house. And, and, and you've been going around and you've been searching, you've been looking for that, that church, that place, I would say that tribe, right? And, and I wanna encourage you today and I wanna kinda challenge you as a pastor in this region and I wanna challenge you in love that you need to be planted somewhere. The Bible says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord would flourish. They would flourish. God does it, if, if you take a plant and I plant it, and I take that avocado tree and I plant it, and then I plant it again, and I, a year later I move houses, so I uproot it and I plant it in my new backyard, and then a year later I move again and I, re, you know, I plant it in another backyard, how many know that avocado plant isn't necessarily gonna hit its full potential? Will it still grow? Yeah. Would it still produce some, some avocados? Hopefully, yeah. Would it hit its full potential? Or if I put it in the ground and it had roots that go, get, got deep and it got accustomed to that area, it would grow and hit its fullest potential. That's what I'm talking about being planted. And some of you, outside of the word that I'm about to share, that might have just been the word that you needed to hear today. You might have been on the fringe and the fray and you've been checking out Authentic Church and God's saying, this is a safe house, this is a safe place for you to go 
all in. I know you've been hurt by church and you've been hurt by people in ministry. That doesn't take away from the goodness of God. He still loves you. He still loves his church. The church was his idea, not man's idea. And he still has a plan for her. In fact, Jesus says he's coming back for his church. So be planted. And I believe that when you're planted, when you're submitted, that there's gonna be a blessing that's gonna come upon your life. Okay, is that okay? Hope that was okay. So if you're, if you're not planted, I just wanna encourage you, get planted. And if you've been feeling like, man, this is your church, I want to encourage you, stop just attending, start going all in. Be part of the serve team, be part of the worship team, be part of the greeters, get involved, okay? God wants you to get involved because he knows when you get involved, you're going to grow and flourish, okay? Cool. Is that all right? I'm going to get off the soapbox now. We'll get into the word of God. Let me pray, and then we're going to jump into it today. God, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your presence, God. Thank you. Thank you for your goodness. You're always good, God, just as we sang this morning, God. You are always good. All you do is good. We thank you for your kindness, God. I thank you that it's no accident that any of us are here today, that it's on purpose. You have a purpose and a plan for us being in the room today to hear from you. So we just ask, Holy Spirit, come and speak to us in, in such a way that we would hear and that we'd know it's you that we know it's you speaking. God, we didn't come here to hear man speak. We came here to hear you speak. So God, I pray you touch our ears. Open up our spiritual ears to hear from you. Give us minds that understand you. God, I pray, Father, you give us eyes to see something, something we never saw in the scriptures before. And Lord, as we lean into this prophetic word that you've given for this house, God, for those that are planted, I pray that this would be a word over their house in Jesus' name, amen? Amen. All right. So as I share this word, I want to remind you of Hebrews 2, verse 4. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4. It says this. It says, the word of God is sharp. It's living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Okay? The word of God pierces to the division of your soul and spirit, joints, marrows. The word of God is discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. The word of God. And that's not just pertaining to the written word of God. It's pertaining to the prophetic word, the rhema word of God. The, the King James Version says it this way. It says it's quick. It's powerful. I'm believing there's going to be a quick word that's going to hit your spirit today. There's a powerful word. There's a download that God has for you today because he wants to speak to you as his son, as his daughter. For some some of you, you walked in here carrying stuff that God's saying, I'll take that. I'll take that. Thank you for coming in. I'm going to take that off of you. My wife and I, years ago, we used to bring all of our employees when we were working in business, uh, we would bring our top employees to uh, Cancun, Mexico for one week a year to say thank you. I know, yes. <laughs> God, God bless the business, and, and, uh, and, and we, we believe generosity was one of our core values as a company. And so we would take our top employees and their spouses to Cancun for a week, and it was awesome. Beautiful, amazing time. And this resort that we stayed at, it was, it's called the Zalara. And if, if you don't have that on your bucket list, I encourage you, put it on your bucket list, okay? The Hyatt Zalara. But when we walked in, they knew my name. They treated me like royalty. When I walked in, they took my bags. I did not see my bags again. They were like, chill out. Why don't you go? You can get a beverage. Go look out at the tropical blue waters. We got your room ready, sir. We already handled. We'll have your bags up there in a moment. You just relax, okay? God is saying this to you this morning. Relax. He's gonna take your bags from you. He's going to tell you it's, it's going to be all right no matter what's going on in your life. When you walk out of here, whatever you're facing out there in the world, he's saying, I got this. I got this. He's going to take care of you. All right. So the word of the Lord that I believe for this house is redeem. Redeem. The word redeem 
means literally to buy back, to repurchase, to win back, to win back. And I believe this is a word for us, and this is part of our mission, right? Um, in the Hebrew, faith, the word faith, it's, uh, it's, it's a Hebraic term. It, it means it's a noun and a verb at the same time. So faith isn't something I just have. It's actually something I do, right? And James talks about if you, if you have faith, then you're going to do some work, <laughs> okay? People just, you know, sitting on their hands doing nothing in, in, in church. That, that, that's not faith in action. God wants us to get out there and be the hands and feet of Christ in our communities, in our, in our schools, in our, uh, in our jobs. He wants, he wants to utilize us in this community, amen? And so faith, it's, it's this prophetic partnership where God's going to give you a word and then he's going to give you some instructions of things that you're going to walk out. That's part of you and I stewarding the word that God has given to us. It's like if I tell my kids to do something and they don't do it and then they come back to me and they ask me for more things and I, and I tell them what they need to do and they don't do it and then they come back to me and ask me for more things but they don't do what I tell them to do, I may still bless them but they're missing out on what we could have in our relationship as a father and a son when I tell my sons to do something that I wanna bless them with. God wants to bless you and I with something. The reason the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I'm not gonna preach on this but let me just share this. The reason the gifts of the Holy Holy Spirit are there is for you to be able to show the goodness of Jesus to the world. The gifts of the Holy, there's nine primary gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's also nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life, you will not have the character to steward well over the gifts of the Holy Spirit that God wants to give you. Okay, so redeem. So the word of the Lord is to redeem, to buy back. And I believe God's going to redeem some things in your life this year. I believe he's redeeming things in this region I believe he's stirring things up in this region. There's so many churches that are rising up that are passionate about getting out there and getting after the things of God that the time is at hand. The harvest is here. It is time. God is a redeeming God and he's writing a redemptive story. Amen? So redeem. We started the year off with a, a, a message out of uh, Exodus chapter 13 and I'm just gonna read the 13th verse of that. I would encourage you Go back and listen to that message on podcast or YouTube. It's a, it's a great in-depth kind of a doctrinal teaching on the principle of firsts. But one of the principles of first is that everything belongs to God. The first fruits, when you come out, the first fruits belong to God. And so when the children of Israel come out of Exodus, what is in it, and that is likened to us coming out of a life of sin into a life in Christ, when the children of Israel come out of Egypt, and they exit, and they come into the promised land, the first thing the Lord tells them is the firstborn is mine. The Lord did not say, be strong and courageous. The Lord did not say, I'm gonna bless you and your children. No, no, no. The first thing the Lord said to them was the firstborn and the first fruits are mine. In other words, there was a first principle that God was instilling in them that said, hey, if you wanna live out of Egypt, you gotta put me first and I'm gonna bless the rest, right? Adam and Eve are in the garden, and botanists would have said that there's probably about 2,400 different plants, trees, fruits, vegetables that were in the Garden of Eden, represented there. And he said, but this one over here, this is mine. All those others you can have, but this one here, this is holy to me. That's only mine. God institutes that principle that the first fruits are him. And he says this, he says in verse 13, every firstborn of a donkey, an unclean animal, you shall redeem with a lamb, the clean animal. Or if you will not redeem it, 
you shall break its neck, meaning if you don't redeem that unclean thing, it's not gonna be of good use to you anyway. Every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. So this is a principle. So what God, people are like, the Bible says to break a donkey's neck? <laughs> the Lord is basically saying it's not gonna be any good for you. If you try to hold on, that's, it's the principle of the tithe. If I try to hold on to the 100% and make it all work, at some point I'm not gonna have enough left over. But if I honor God and I put him first and I return to him that which is his, which is the first 10% of my income, then God blesses the other 90%. Relax, we're not taking an offering for you church people, okay? And so, but, but when, we, when, we, when we bring God the first, it redeems the rest, okay? So in the classification of animals, there's the clean or the unclean. The donkey was the unclean, the lamb is the clean. God took the clean and sacrificed it to redeem that was unclean. You were born into sin, okay? You were born unclean, okay? This is a picture of what Jesus did for you and I that Jesus was the sacrificial lamb, clean, to redeem us donkeys, unclean, okay? <laughs> so he redeemed those things. So God is taking areas of your life, and I believe he's gonna redeem. Some of those areas that were unclean, some of those areas that were impure, God's gonna turn that around, and that's gonna be part of your redemptive story that he's gonna use you in your life, in your testimony, that's gonna point everybody to glorify him because of what God did, amen? Amen. So the, the word was redeemed, and God gave me two scriptures, and this is kind of where we're going to camp out today, okay? The first scripture is going to be out of Zephaniah chapter 2, and the other scripture is going to be out of Isaiah 54. So Zephaniah chapter 2, turn there in your Bibles, and as you're turning there, um, let me just tell you about this Old Testament prophet Zephaniah. So Zephaniah, his name actually means defended by God. And he was a prophet about 600 years before Jesus is born. He's a prophet, and he's a prophet during the time of, of King Josiah. And in um, his book, his message has three uh, primary doctrines. A doctrine is a set of beliefs about God. And, and the, the, there's three chapters. It's a quick read. It's an awesome read. And, and the first one, the first doctrine that you see in there is that God's sovereign. In other words, God's in control. Uh, he's, he's the supreme authority. The second doctrine is that the wicked will be punished and the righteous will be vindicated on the day of judgment, that there is a judgment day that's coming. And then the third doctrine is that God blesses those who repent and trust in him. So Zephaniah chapter two, verse six through seven, it says this, it says, you, O seacoast, come on, the Lord's gonna speak to some of you today. You, O seacoast, Costa Mesa, Orange County, shall be pastures with meadows for shepherds and folds for flocks. The seacoast shall become the possession of the remnant of the house of Judah on which they shall graze. And in the houses of Ashkelon, they shall lie down at evening, for the Lord their God will be mindful of them and restore their fortunes. Next week will be three years ago uh, to the day, actually, January 23rd. It'll be three years to go to the day that uh, the Lord spoke to Fawn and I and, and, and led us out here to Orange County um, from the nation of Texas. <laughs> I think we're the only humans that moved to Texas uh, during that year, or moved from Texas to California that year. And, um, and, and we started out the year, we're, we're you know, God had blessed our, our endeavors in business, and, and, but despite all the blessings, something just kind of felt unsettled. Anybody ever felt that? You just feel, this is good, but I don't know if this is God, 
right? Ever been in a relationship where it's like, it's good, but it's not God. Uh, ever worked at a company or in a business, it's like, this is good, but I really don't feel like this is the God thing, right? And God prepared, started preparing some things, and I, I just felt so uneasy. Fawn and I, in the pro- we were in the process of building our dream house, and it was gonna have two dishwashers, and I mean, we got five kids, right, at the time, you know, it's like, you know, all five, you know, it's, it's a lot of dishes, you know? And so, uh, so we, we were building this house, and then we just felt that uh, we did not have peace about it. And so we backed away from the house deal and we started praying and started fasting. So we launched into a 40-day fast. Sounds extreme, but desperate people are desperate for God and desperate measures called for desperate times. And it was a desperate time of praying and fasting. I was like, God, I need to hear you speak. And so I just cleared the deck and I just focused on God and, and I wasn't even trying to get a word from God. The first few weeks I was. I was just like, God, you gotta speak to me. And then he just said, how about I just share some of my character with you? How about I just remind you who you are? And I'm like, but great, but I need a word for you for what to do. And he's like, just relax. Just sit and rest a while. Look, oh God, I really need, you know, like, do you see what's going on? No, Jeff, I have no clue what's going on in your life. <laughs> and so I launched in and praying and fasting and so it was January 23rd, it was 10.30 at night, and I'm just sitting there having time with God, reading my Bible in front of my fireplace, and the Lord just spoke. And he said that there's a season coming upon the church that would be forever known as the great harvest. And when he said that, it was like the Lord put it in quotes. Like in church history, this will be forever known as the great harvest like Revelation 14, great harvest, okay? And he said that no longer would revival and resources just come from the Midwest out, but the coastal regions in. And I saw these waves crashing on the coastlines of the United States. And he said, I'm establishing beachheads along the coastal regions, would you take up a beachhead? And immediately I knew the Lord's sending us back to California. And I'm like, I'm all in but I need to ask my wife, Lord. (laughs) How many of you know, if you hear a word from God to do something big, he's gonna confirm it in somebody else if it's truly a word from God, all right? You don't need to be the lone ranger gunslinger out there. God will confirm it. He'll use other people to confirm his message. And so I bring it up to Fawn, and, and she says, I believe it, it's time now. I'm like, whoa, I was not prepared for that. Praise God, all right? And then we submitted it to all the pastors and leaders that were in our lives. We said, hey, I want you to pray about this. This is what we feel. You tell me if you have any check of this in your spirit. Every single one of them, no matter where they were at, most of them did not necessarily know each other. They all came back and said, this is the word of the Lord. That's, that's of God. I believe the time is now. You guys need to go. You need to do it. Whatever you need to do, chase after God. Let me give you some resources. Let me give you some introductions, et cetera, et cetera. We're like, all right, Lord, so here we go. And we're working in business and we said yes. And literally that month we said yes. We signed a contract for our construction company that paid for our whole first year of living expenses of moving to California, which by the way, it's more expensive here than Texas. Okay, just a little, just a little. And the Lord provided. And, and so we, we came. And so here we are now, this will be three years into it next week. And this is the word back to Zephaniah chapter two, verse six through seven says the Lord's gonna give pastures 
And then he's going to place you in houses of Ashkelon, and then you're going to lie down. Let me tell you about this place, Ashkelon. So Ashkelon, it was a coastal city. It's, uh, if you're familiar with Israel, it's north of the Gaza Strip, but south of Tel Aviv. If any of you have been to Israel, uh, you would have known that area. You probably did not go there because there's so much war and stuff that goes on there. Uh, last year, we took up an offering after there was some bombing that happened in Israel. Some of you remember that offering we took up, and we helped uh, a, a messianic church that's there. They're Jewish believers in Jesus, okay? And, and, and we helped that church, and that church is actually in, that, in this area. It's actually north of it in a different area, but it's in that region. And so Ashkelon, it was, it was part of the Pentapolis. It was a grouping of five cities, and it was built on sandstone. And not only was it a valuable city because it was on the coast and had a safe harbor, but there was an interesting thing about this city, Ashkelon, that a lot of people didn't realize. One of the reasons that it was so fruitful and blessed is that they had, beneath the sandstone, it actually had water reservoirs. So in a place where there's not a lot of fresh water, it had a lot of fresh water that they were able to tap into. God has some fresh water, some fresh things for you, where, right where you live, that he's going to begin to tap into in your life. So God says, I'm going to give you this area. You're actually going to sleep in those houses that they have. The problem was that area was previously occupied, or, or at that time it was currently occupied by the Philistines. The Philistines were not known to be friends of the people of God, okay? When you read about David and Goliath, okay, that Goliath was a Philistine, okay? They seemed, they were warmongers, they were, they, they seemed to always be at odds with uh, the children of God. And so God says, I'm going to dethrone some of those people that are trying to block you walking into that pasture land and receiving the pure water, the blessings that I have in your life. I'm telling you as a church, God is going to dethrone some people. He's going to dethrone some situations. He's going to take and plant you in different places. That job that you think you're walking into isn't just a job. It's a mission field. That, that area of your life that was once occupied by the enemy, God's saying, I'm going to breathe life on that. And that area that was your biggest struggle is going to be one of your best testimonies. And I'm going to actually birth a ministry if you'll allow me to do so. In a few weeks' time, we're going to be blessed to have Nicole Edgmond preach on Sunday morning for us, and, Nicole, and we believe in women in ministry, all right? And so Nicole is going to bring the word, and she's got an incredible ministry. She's written a book. She travels the world, speaks at conferences, all that kind of stuff, and she's going to bring a word that is going to be on time, and it's going to bless you. Men and women, I hope you do not miss that Sunday. It's going to be January 30th. I want you, all of us, to be here because I believe the Lord is going to speak and move powerfully in that service. But one of the, the hallmarks of Nicole's ministry is the title of her book, which is Braving the Brokenness. Some of you have had some broken areas of your life, and God's saying, I'm going to take all those broken fragments, and it's going to be a mosaic. It's going to be a beautiful mosaic piece. I'm going to move that stuff together. That stuff that you didn't see that was value, where you saw that it was broken and you thought, I, I'm ashamed of that, I can't share that, nobody, I, I can't share that, that part of my past with anybody, God's gonna say, no, no, that's gonna be actually a beautiful piece of your testimony. And it's gonna be used to glorify me. So God's gonna hand you some things and I believe that God wants to re, he's gonna redeem some real estate in your mind that you've allowed for far too long the enemy to occupy. <laughs> There's real estate in your heart and your soul that you've allowed to be occupied by the Philistines, right? The, another aspect of Ashkelon was the fact that it was actually the birthplace of Herod the Great. 
Herod the Great, he called himself that, Herod the Great. He was the one who named himself that. Um, but Herod the Great, you would have known because he was the Herod that was ruling at the time when they ordered all the children, all the babies in Bethlehem to be uh, slaughtered that were two years old or younger. That was him. And there's a Herodian spirit that's against the things of God that God was saying in this prophecy through Zephaniah, I'm going to remove those things because this is going to be for my people. There's a remnant of my people that are rising up. There's a remnant of people in Orange County, in Costa Mesa, there's a remnant of people that are rising up saying, I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to fight for the things of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So Ashkelon. Revelation 12, 11, it says that they've conquered, they overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. By the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. What does that mean? Those Ashkelon places in your life, you're gonna give glory to God by saying what Jesus did for you and what God has done in you. The blood of the lamb, what Jesus did for you, and then word of your testimony, what God did in you. There's testimonies throughout this place, and that's one of the reasons why you need to be planted. Because it's not about you coming and being part of a church. It's the fact that there's something so beautiful, awesome, and amazing inside of you that you're gonna be a blessing to me. You're gonna be a blessing to my family and to the person next to you and the person in the front and the back. That there's something inside of you that God has created that needs to come out from hiding. And this is gonna be a safe place for you to be able to do that. And we wanna see you flourish. Part of the vision of Authentic Church is that we would help you fulfill your vision. This isn't pastor.com. This isn't come and be part of a movement or whatever. This is God wants to do something in and through your life, and we get to be on the front row and be able to assist and resource you and however we can to see that come to pass. Amen? All right, so the prophetic partnership. So we got the promise out of Zephaniah chapter 2. Now let me share some of the instructions, all right? Isaiah 54, verse 1 through 3, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it out of the message because this is how God gave it to me. Isaiah 54, sing, barren woman who's never had a baby. Fill the air with song, you who've never experienced childbirth. You're ending up with far more children than those childbearing women. God says so. Come on. God is doing a new thing. He goes on to say, hey, I want you to clear lots of ground. Clear the ground for the tents. Take out the weeds, get rid of the sticker bushes, get stuff out of your life that doesn't need to be there. Return to me with holiness, with purity, lifting up holy hands. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large, spread out, think big. Some of you, you got so much vision bottled up inside of you, you just need somebody to come and tell you God wants to release that vision that's on your life. You're not designed just to wake up, go to work, come home, have a dinner, go to bed, wake up, go to work, come home, have it. God didn't design you to do that. There's a greater purpose, plan, and destiny. He might use that as part of the plan and the destiny and the purpose on your life, but that's not the only thing he wants you to do. There's more, there should be more on our bucket list than just go to Cancun, Mexico, although I hope you all go there, okay? There should be more than that. Thinking about other people, getting our eyes off of ourselves, seeing that. So clear lots of ground, make your tents large, spread out, think big, use plenty of rope, and drive the tent pegs deep. Why do you need to drive them deep? So that when the winds come, when the storms come in life, you have relationships that are deep. You have friends and people around you that are saying, my shield is your shield, and you will not be shaken, okay? You're going to need lots of elbow room. Why? Because this family of authentic church is going to grow. This is a word over this house, and I believe in it's a word 
over your house. So be planted. We're a, a Bible-based, spirit-empowered, presence-driven church. Moses said, Lord, if your presence isn't going, I don't want to go. I don't want the programs of man. Been there, done that. I want the presence of God. I want Holy Spirit downloads where it's like he wakes me up in the middle of the night like he did last night. I want moments where I'm walking and the Lord says, go pray for that person right now. And I actually do it. Ever felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit? Hey, I want you to go do X, Y, Z. And you're like, I hope somebody else heard that. <laughs> That's the worst, man. It's the worst. And then it's just in the back of your mind. You're like, man, I blew it. God's like, it's okay, I'll give you another one. It's a mulligan. I'll send somebody else to them, right? The word of God, is a, it's like a sword. We just read, right? If word of God's a sword, sing, O barren woman, Worship is the way that you swing that sword. And I believe that God's calling our church, I believe there's a blessing on this church that's gonna flourish, that we would be a worshiping church. And worship is more than the songs we sing, although I love it. I love worshiping with you. It's one of my favorite things on a Sunday morning is coming together and singing and worshiping the King of Kings. I love it. But every aspect of our life, every aspect of your life is worshiped to him. So let's worship him. Let's live life in such a way where we're worshiping him. Sing, shout, lift your voice. I made a decision a long time ago that my Seahawks football team who did not make the playoffs would never get more praise than my God. I made a decision a long time ago in life that my kids would see a dad that served God, that worshiped him with everything that I have. And it's not out of show, it's out of adoration. Man, if you knew what the work that God has done in me, I was a single dad when I was 20 years old. Anybody remember being 20 years old? Okay, now imagine, picture yourself having a kid, okay? It was a lot, I was a handful, I was a mess, I was ashamed, I was broken, man. I was looking for love in all the wrong places, okay? And then I had a moment with God where he reminded me, Jeff, this is who you are. That's not you. This is you. And I experienced the unconditional love of the Savior. And he's here for you today. And if you're sitting in here today, I'm telling you, it's no accident that you walked in this room. It's no accident that you're sitting in church. If you're sitting in this room today, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he brought you here specifically to remind you that he loves you and he cares for you. And all you have to do is call on his name and he's gonna save you. Some of you have been so plagued by guilt, you don't know what to do, you can't tell anybody around you, God's saying, tell me, and I love you and I forgive you and I'm gonna make it all right. That's our God, that's who we serve. I'm gonna have the worship team join me up front and we're gonna kind of land this plane here. So God's telling us to sing. Be expectant. He said, sing to the barren woman. In other words, be expectant of something that I'm about to do. Be expectant and hopeful of the things to come. Just start singing. There's something about singing, right? Buddy the Elf had it right. I'm singing in a store and I'm singing, right? There's something that gets released when you sing. There's something that gets released. 
Some of you, 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 you come into an environment like this and if you weren't raised around a church that was worshiping, welcome to the club, because neither was I, okay? I was raised Catholic and the only time I raised my hand in church was if I had a question or had to go to the bathroom, okay? But there's something so beautiful when you look at the scriptures where they would lift their hands and they would worship and that worship could be heard all around. In fact, it was so powerful that God said, I'm gonna use your worship as warfare. And he said, you're gonna worship in the other nations and they're gonna, they're gonna freak out. They're gonna be like, I don't wanna mess with them. That's a, God is on their side. Some of you need to lift your voices. Some of you need to lift your hands. You need to remind yourself and the enemy that you're God's and that he is God and that he loves you and he's got a plan. You say, God, I love you. God, I worship you. God, you're awesome. God, you're beautiful. You're magnificent. You just go down the line of whatever word comes and fills your heart. It doesn't have to be eloquent. I don't sit in my, my office thinking of eloquent prayers. <laughs> I just pray and talk to God. I'll be driving down the street and I'll say, God, what do you think of that? Would you look at that? Would you look at that? He just, he just wants you to just speak to him like you would a friend. Nothing fancy, not old King James. God, I need you. I just wanna pray for you right now. If you're here and you need to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, you're like, dude, you're totally speaking right to me. No, Holy Spirit is speaking right to you. And God's here and he wants to remind you. And if you're here, let's just bow our heads for a moment close our eyes and focus on him. Sometimes you see better when you close your eyes. God, would you just search our hearts, God? God, if there's anybody in here that needs to experience your forgiveness, Holy Spirit, right now, I pray that you would speak to them. Remind them how much they're loved that there's no one that's so far gone that you cannot save them, that you cannot heal them. And we could never be good enough that we wouldn't deserve or need your love. So God, I thank you. We need your love today. We need your grace today. So Lord, I just ask that you would forgive us. Forgive us right now, God. Pardon me, I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, corrected me on what I just said about deserving. We, we don't deserve his love. Sorry, I, I botched that. Forgive me for botching a prayer, okay? We're undeserving. We're undeserving. But you love us so much. And we thank you. pray this prayer with me, church. Jesus, I need you today. I pray that you'd forgive me of everything I've ever done. Wash me clean right now. I'd be pure-hearted before you. My mind would be pure. My heart would be pure. Lord, my actions would be pure. Thank you for meeting with me today, God. Thank you for forgiving me today. 
Now I ask you, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me today. Breathe on me today, God. And Lord, I make a commitment to you today that I'm going to serve you all the days of my life and dwell in your house forever. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There's a scripture out of um, the book of Mark. There's a story about Jesus. And the people of that area bought, brought to Jesus a blind man. And they're asking him to do what he does, which is heal. So they bring in the blind man, and Jesus does something really unique. <laughs> he takes him by the hand, and he leads him out of town. And then he makes the guy really uncomfortable. And the crowd was probably pretty uncomfortable as well. Jesus spits in the man's eyes. And then he places his hands on the man. And then he says, did you see anything? In verse 24, it says that the man looks up and he says, I see men walking. They look like trees. Jesus puts his hands back on him and prays again. One of the special moments right here. Jesus is laying his hands on you again. So Jesus put his hands on his eyes again and he says, look up. And he was restored and then he saw clearly. Some of you, you need to see clearly. You're praying for vision. You're like, God, I need, I, I need a fresh vision. If that's you this morning, as we sing this song, I want you to come up front. I would be honored to pray for you. We're gonna pray and we're gonna lay our hands on you like Jesus did. And we're gonna pray that he's gonna give you fresh vision that you're gonna be able to see clearly. Things feel foggy and things look kind of distorted. We're gonna pray that God's gonna be, bring clarity to some things. You have some questions that you're asking, you're seeking God about. We're gonna pray that he's gonna begin to give you downloads from heaven and you're gonna see clearly. So let's just all stand. And if that's you, if you're here this morning and you would like prayer, go ahead and come on up front. Our prayer team is gonna be up front. We wanna pray with you. We wanna pray with you this morning as Kara leads us in worship. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.